with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? What's going on? Eric Franson and Jason Walker, hour number two here on the Full Court Press. Lots to get through. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground already. Still a lot more. Appreciate you hanging with us and joining the program. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the 106.9 The Fan mobile app, streaming online, 1069thefan.com. Uh, we talked a lot about basketball in the first hour. We're shifting our attention now to volleyball, Utah State volleyball, with some huge wins last week uh, in the Club Estes, the Wayne Estes Center, picking up a big win over number 12 UCLA. Aggies uh, turning their attention to a, another set of big games this weekend, heading to Provo for a tournament uh, down at BYU. But this is a team that's getting some votes, getting some national attention, as they should and joining us on the program to talk about their early success and really the success that started a year ago is their head coach, Rob Nielsen, joins us now here on the Full Court Press. Coach, thanks for your time today. Eric, Jason, great to be with you guys. Uh, first of all, let's start with how things ended last year. Just uh, a, a team that continued to build, and you uh, you win the share of the conference uh, a title. What was that like for you just watching this program continue to build, continue to compete, and, and be at that high level for the conference. Yeah, it was uh, an amazing season for our group last year. We brought in 10 new players last summer, and so had a lot of new faces, a lot of incoming talent, um, and then just trying to piece it together as we went throughout the season. And just, uh, I mean, hats off to our players. They got better and better and better as the season went on. And obviously the consistency that it takes to win a conference championship throughout the entire year. Uh, we had a lot of tight matches, and our players came through in a lot of tough situations. Uh, they showed a lot of heart and uh, a lot of talent and a lot of skill, and uh, it, was a, it was a magical season. So we're excited to build off that going, going forward this year. So we just sticking with the past just for a little bit longer, but like, what's it been like to see the transformation of this program I mean, you obviously weren't here for some of the seasons where they won like three or two games, you know, in a 28-game uh, schedule. Like, what's it like seeing this program go from winning two games in 2019 to now you're winning like 20-plus games and uh, doing pretty well? Uh, it's, uh, you know, everything you hope for, everything you dream for is you, you know, you you take a, a program over and we came in and, and uh, it wasn't that we were going to make big wholesale changes. We were just going to try and get better at a hundred little things and, you know, okay, can we aggregate all this improvement and can we, you know, find uh, and take some big steps forward. And, and so to do that last year, uh, just to see us improve, I, we talk a lot about kind of the Scotsman and the ethic of the Scotsman, right? loving life in the middle of thistle and loving life in the middle of sagebrush. Uh, this program was deep in the sagebrush and, and, you know, finding our way out of it and making, uh, making things better and, and just pushing through some adversity. It's, it's been wonderful to see. And, you know, it's been a lot of hard work from a lot of different people. 
and it's just really fun and rewarding to see that hard work come together. This, uh, as you said, a lot of youth last year coming to the program, infusing some some new energy, uh, new direction. Now that they've had that season under their belt and, and coming into this year, what what was that off season like for you and for the squad? building off of what happened last year and, and getting into the start of this new season? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, you just come to work every day with that ethic that we're going to get a little bit better in our understanding of systems and a little bit better in our ability to execute the fundamentals and a little bit stronger in the weight room and a little bit tougher in strength and conditioning. And, you know, just say let's get a little bit better in all of these areas. And uh, it actually, you know, I think it's easy to take those big initial steps uh, you know, to go from a team that's ranked maybe 300 in the country to last year we were in somewhere in the 90s. Uh, and now, you know, the steps to get from 90 into the top 50 and beyond is, uh, you know, it's tougher to earn those margins and the, the, the gains aren't as quick. And, you know, we have to just keep grinding and pushing and working. And I think that's been the ethic of this group. Okay, what's what's the next step and how do we move forward? And, uh you know, it was came with playing some tougher teams and some bigger competition, and you know, coming and playing a top ten BYU team on the road and a top ten Pitt team on the road, and you know, what do those lessons look like? What do we need to learn to to be great in December and to make some runs at the end of the season? So, coach, we've asked, uh, we've had a chance to ask a lot of Utah State coaches, kind of, you know. They have, a, they have a bad previous year, then they turn it around. We, we've seen a lot of different teams at Utah State do that, and we ask them, like, you know, what's the added challenges of expectation? But I, I kind of want to ask you, like, are there, like, benefits to, like, just having an off season where you're a lot better? Like, it's a lot more fun to be in an off season where it's like, all right, we're a good team. Let's go get it. I, there's I, Coaching is this crazy thing, right? You come in, and on a daily basis, there's no clear road to what you want to accomplish. There are a thousand different decisions that we can make on a daily basis, what we're going to do in training and, you know, how we're going to organize practice and how we're going to interact with athletes and how we're going to mentor and learn and move forward. There's so many different things that you can do. And I think having some success certainly gives players and coaches some peace of mind that we're on the right track and, okay, let's, let's keep pursuing this improvement let's keep going. And so there's this kind of added positive feedback loop and reinforcement of, all this hard work that we're putting in. And so just to see that kind of, I don't know, they you talk about the flywheel or how to build up momentum and to see it going a little bit faster and to gain some, some momentum in, in improvement is great. And then, right, it's still a lot of hard work and there's still a lot of grind and there's still a lot of pushing. And, and so we're trying to not be satisfied, but I think players are, are hungry. And, uh, and so those were some of the benefits of having some success and seeing a little bit different mentality um, this this past spring than maybe in, in years gone by. Utah State Volleyball uh, getting votes in the latest coaches poll coming up, uh, getting 20 votes, essentially ranked 33rd in the country. You talk about that progression of where this team is, has been and where it's going. But it, we also talked about a youth movement uh, from a year ago, but we have to highlight the seniors too, uh, the experienced players. You know, Kylie Stokes recognized the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week with her performance over this past weekend, uh, talk about uh, share with us like her her skill and what she brings to the team, just in how she's helping you get to this position you're in right now. 
Yeah, Kylie's been unbelievable. She plays opposite for us, which means she plays on the right side of the net on that pin. Um, so the setter setting balls behind her head to Kylie. And uh, it's actually, it was a new position for her when she came to Utah State. She transferred from South Carolina where she had played middle blocker, someone that plays mostly in the middle of the net, um, you know, has a little bit more responsibility blocking. And so Kylie's kind of brought this blocking acumen with her where she's just a shutdown blocker at the net. Um, the way that opponents attack, uh, their attack from the left side of the court is really, really important in the game of volleyball. And so she's hitting on the right and blocking on the right, blocking opponents' left side attack, and she does a great job just shutting them down. Uh, and then her attack, you know, as an opposite hitter, has just continued to progress from where it was last year. Um, she's just more comfortable over there dealing with different situations. She's got such a powerful arm. We call her, we, you know, we tell her she's got the arm of Thor, right? Just this monster <laughs> arm and she just nice. hammers the ball. And, uh, it's imposing to, to try and dig a ball coming from Kylie Stokes. And so having that back there has been really impactful for us. She really carried us in the second half of our match against Cal Poly. Uh, and then through that match uh, versus UCLA, she was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, so we want to get to that UCLA game in a minute, but I guess talking about uh, some of your players, I mean, I'm kind of guilty of mostly looking at box scores. I try and follow you guys. Um, I'm not as familiar with some of these players. Kind of just help me and, and some of our listeners understand, like, what players are really standing out for you guys who are leading, you know, last year and also who are going to be leading this year. Yeah, Tatum Stahl is our returning uh, first-team all-conference player and has been phenomenal for us. She's one of those left-side attackers that's just such an important position. Uh, she's passing, receiving, serve, uh, and attacking on the left. Uh, Shelby Capion is a transfer. She was an all-conference player at UNLV, and, uh, came to us, and just uh, a player that can do everything on the volleyball court. She's great defensively. She's a great attacker. She has a jump serve that is wicked and just caused absolute fits for our opponents last week. Um, Jordy Holdaways played libero for us and has been uh, just an absolute rock. I, we had players and we had fans raving about Jordy's performance after they watched her play over the weekend because she is everywhere, flying around the court. Uh, she's just an unbelievable competitor and athlete, uh, and she's so tough. Uh, we play with two setters. Uh, both are phenomenal. Leah Wilton Leboy is a is a true freshman from Northern California and is just tough as they come and uh, just a total gamer. Bia Rodriguez from Portugal is uh, the same way. Just uh, you know, just steps up and plays big in big moments. Uh, and then we have a uh, you know middles who have been great for us. Kennedy Boyd was maybe one of the top two or three players in the conference before she got injured at the end of last year. She's back full strength, and she's really, really good. Um, we're, you know, another a group of middles, young middles competing for that second spot. Uh, and then Emily Turner is a 6'5 lefty uh, with a big arm, a ton of range. Uh, she comes to us from Seton Hall, so a graduate transfer. And she's just a shutdown blocker and uh, able to hit some angles that we haven't seen too often in our gym uh, from where she touches the ball. So just... I think we're one of our strengths is that we have talent at every position. There's not, you know, a weakness on the court for us, and uh, and so we can attack teams in a lot of different ways, and we can play a lot of different styles and defend a lot of different things. 
Um, and so I think that gives us a chance in every match that we play in. So one thing you mentioned, I was actually kind of curious, but you said playing two setters. As I kind of understand it, usually you have like one. Uh, is two setters somewhat more common than I guess I would understand? Like what's the difference between playing two setters versus the one? Yeah, so uh, there's just two different styles of volleyball. Women's collegiate volleyball kind of affords us the opportunity. We get more substitution at this level of NCAA women's volleyball than you would maybe internationally with the men's or women's game or uh, on the men's side, NCAA, you get a lot of substitutions. And so normally a setter goes through, and, and I don't know, traditionally speaking, your setters, you know, this real ball control player may be a little bit undersized. Uh, and so when they come front row, obviously your setters setting, you only end up with two attackers. And as blockers, right, your setters may be a little undersized and usually a target for opponents to set at. Uh, we we run what's called a 6-2, so we have two setters and six attackers. We always have three attackers in the front row. And so whenever our setter rotates to the front row, we sub in an opposite, either Kylie or Emily, and then we bring in a, a setter in the back row for the opposite that would be rotating back row. Uh, and that allows us to, to spread out the net, right? We're able to play fast to all three pins. We always have this real big blocking presence on the right side of our court, depending, uh, defending opponents, left side attackers. Uh, and so it just allows us to be a little bit more versatile, uh, and really attack teams in a lot of different ways. But to do that, you have to have, uh, two setters that can really play, uh, which I think we do. And you have to have some, uh, you know, a number of, of opposite hitters that can come in and, and kind of switch in and out. And so, you don't see a ton of, you, I don't know, maybe uh, a third of the teams in NCAA volleyball are playing that style where they're always having a setter back row um, instead of rotating them all the way through. We're talking to Utah State volleyball coach Rob Nielsen. This is a team that uh, came off some big wins this past weekend. They got another big tournament coming up uh, this weekend. But before we get into what's ahead, uh, we, we mentioned that uh, Kylie Stokes is recognized as the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week, but she wasn't the only one on the team to get a conference honor. And we're talking setters, so I need to shot, give a shout-out to Leah uh, Wilton-Leboy as uh, recognizes the, the conference freshman of the week. Uh, if, share with us the, the type of weekend that she had for you. Yeah, her first collegiate matches, right? <laughs> what a way to start, to come in and beat the number 12 team in the country uh, at home. And, you know, we've just raved about Leah ever since uh, she committed to us and just so excited for her to come into the gym with what she brings. She is fiery. She is a competitor. She's the granddaughter of our volunteer coach, Mike Wilton, who was a, uh, a mainstay in the, he's been a mainstay in the volleyball world, uh, coached the Cal Poly team, you know, 30 years ago when they were some of the top teams in the country and then won a couple national championships with the Hawaii men. And uh, so she's been, Aaliyah's been around volleyball her whole life. And uh, she is just a phenomenal player. And, you know, someone that our, our fans are just going to love to watch. And so she just, yeah, as a freshman came in, uh, contributed in a huge ways to what we were accomplished this last weekend. And we're really excited for the future going forward with her running the offense for us. Uh, you've you're turning your attention now to a tournament down in Provo, and it's uh, interesting. I I would have thought that there's been a history with Utah State and, and BYU, but I guess it's been a minute since these two teams have played each other. I guess it's been like 11 years 
since these two teams have played each other. So wow. um, it's kind of crazy that there's been this this gap. But um, but this is uh, Utah State has had a little bit of an upper hand over the last couple of times that they've played each other. But what are you seeing out of out of BYU and the other teams that are going to be participating in that tournament in Provo this weekend? BYU is a, a top ten team. They're right now they're number seven in the country. Uh, they're physical. They're disciplined. Uh, they're really well coached. Heather Olmstead played at Utah State back in the day, um, and uh, you know, funny enough, I played at BYU. So not too often that you have coaches coaching opposing teams, and that's you know, those are the places where they played. Um, but uh, yeah, they're and and then just to come and have the experience in Provo, playing in front of you know four or five thousand fans, where it's going to be loud, it's intimidating, it's. Uh, it's a tough place to play. And so for our players to kind of stand up and, and, uh, you know, deal with some of the pressures that that brings and, you know, deal with some of the, the different atmospheres and, uh, some of the different problems that BYU presents is absolutely going to be an unbelievable experience for us. And, uh, we're excited to get in there and compete and get after it and, uh, you know, take it to the Cougars. Um, and then we play, you know, Thursday night against BYU Friday night. We, play against Pitt, another top 10 program. They were a final four team last year, uh, extremely well coached, uh, extremely physical. And then we end the weekend playing Cincinnati, which will be a, you know, a top 50 team, same deal. They bring a lot to the table. And uh, so this is going to be a great weekend for us to, to see what we're made of and, and a chance to learn and a chance to try and get, you know, get some wins against some tough opponents here. So looking back at last week and obviously what was it like having, you know, you know, here with this tournament, you're going somewhere else. But this last weekend, you had your own tournament, and you're able to host, you know, number twelve team in the country. Uh, as well as that, like having them in in your building, and obviously being able to beat them. Yeah, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to create some marquee matches that are going to bring fans out. And I, I got to say, we had, I had probably ten people come up to me and say that was their first sporting event they'd, you know, been to at Utah State. A lot of freshmen coming in, and, uh, you know, just one of the funnest events that they'd ever been to. And uh, we think that's what volleyball brings. It's just this fun atmosphere. You talked about it, club ethnos, right? You get this place rocking. And so uh, it's easy to market when you're playing a Pac-12 team and the number 12 team in the country. It was fun to have that place full. And just the energy and the environment that it is, man, we, you know, it's, uh, I think we, well, I think we earned a lot of fans last weekend with the way that we played and, the opportunity to bring the Bruins in and then man there's you know from my time as a player uh when UCLA was uh you know one of our main rivals it, there's nothing better than beating the Bruins we uh I love that so <laughs> that was a, that was a fun one it's always a good day when a Utah State team can beat a Pac-12 school that's that's always good uh go. coach uh, last question for me uh, there's certainly I have to ask you the BYU and their venue a lot of controversy over this past weekend with some events off the court in one of their matches down there. Uh, do you anticipate that might be a kind of a weird feeling going in? That'll be their first game facing somebody since all of this has blown up and become a national story. Yeah, you know, I don't know. They they uh, changed some protocols. They put in some uh, protocols. They're going to move the student section uh, from behind the court. Um which I think is the right move, but it's, uh, it's a big deal, right? That'd be like removing the student section from where they're at right now in the Estes. And so it's, uh, it's certainly going to change some things. 
Um, I'm sure it was an emotional time for the Cougars this week. I mean, that's a, a really tough thing to deal with. Obviously, you know, the actions, whatever happened, it's, uh, you know, it's unacceptable. And so, you know, we have to figure out how to move forward as a sport and whatever changes need to be made so those things can't, uh, you know, can't happen again and don't happen again or dealt with in a, in a quick manner. Um, for us, you know, it's, it's about going and trying to be our best in the midst of, hey, these crazy circumstances. And so, again, how do you focus on the task at hand and, uh, and you know, go be about great things and go represent great things and, uh, you know, just play tough. And so, yeah, I would imagine it's going to be maybe a little different. It's been a long time since we've been in Provo, so I don't even know what our players are, you know, expecting the environment to be like. I don't know how different it'll be from last week, but I know it'll be intense and it'll be, you know, a great opportunity for us to learn and grow as a group get better well coach uh, wish you the best of luck this coming season uh, i hope we get a chance to check in with you again i know we will we'll reach out again as uh, things continue as you get closer to conference play as well but a great way to get things started super excited for you guys and uh, best of luck this weekend down in provo absolutely hey thank you so much guys all the best okay it's uh, rob nielsen head coach for the utah state women's volleyball program uh, receiving votes uh, in the top 25 on the coaches' poll, heading to a big matchup this weekend against some really quality opponents and off to a great, great start. Uh, we're going to take a timeout here on the Full Court Press. Uh, more to discuss. Love to get your reactions as well. 435-339-0321. We would like to welcome Prodigy Brewing to the heart of Logan. Cash Valley's first and only brew pub with family-friendly dining. With an upscale twist on classic brew pub fare and ingredients sourced as local as possible, they are thrilled to be part of the heart of Cache Valley. Bring the family and try their wood-fired pizza or their mouth-watering signature burger. Located on beautiful Center Street, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pizza, burgers, and brews. Mmm, tasty. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity. Discover animals from around the world and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. This is Deputy Brad Nelson with the Cache County Sheriff's Office. Schools are back in session throughout the valley, which means kids are gonna be out on the roads during the morning and afternoon commutes. Law enforcement will be patrolling school zones where the speed limits are 20 miles per hour. Also, watch out for crosswalks and crossing guards. We're asking citizens to be alert while driving and help us keep kids safe. Thank you. This is Ryan at My Mattress. The Labor Day sale, our biggest sale of the year, is in full swing right now. Come in and choose from the two world's best beds, Intellibed and Tempur-Pedic. Get up to $1,500 off these beds. Up to five years, no interest financing, and no sales tax. 90-day sleep guarantee and 90-day price guarantee. Queen start at just $239. Special truckload latex mattresses only at My Mattress. The Labor Day sale. Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. 
Summer is cruising by way too fast. It's already back to school time. Soon, you're going to start experiencing many special places and events that you won't forget, such as your first slide down Old Main Hill, attending Aggie football and basketball games, or a wild party at the How, and your first kiss on the Aggie Bowl that might just lead to that extra special moment at Jarek's Fine Jewelry, Cash Valley's engagement ring store where it's all about the romance. Just look for the bright green cars at 930 North Main Street. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Grantham Mobile Automotive Repair is on the go, ready to get your car repair tackled quickly, even if you need your A.C. going again. Because, uh, yeah, it's still going to be hot for a couple more days. Uh, give them a call, 435-229-4345. You can even recharge or fix your air conditioner or get your gar- your car running smoothly again. Uh, Grantham Mobile Automotive, 435-229-4345. Uh, that was a fun interview, Coach Nielsen. There's a lot of excitement with that uh, volleyball team at USU, and deservedly so. A huge win on uh, over the weekend over UCLA, big strides in what they did a year ago, and uh, it, it's a fun, fun team. They're playing really, really well. Yeah. One question I have is: Is the Spectrum not set up to be able to play volleyball? It, it is, and the that's where they used to play, but the Estes Center provides a more intimate setting, and it can be like this is our our volleyball venue. Yeah, and so if if this team keeps doing well and it becomes harder and harder to get into, watch them at the Estes Center. They may move games back to the Spectrum. Yeah, I just wondered with you know hosting an opponent of that magnitude and being a tournament, if they maybe wouldn't have played it in the Spectrum. But yeah, I do understand they've kind of just basically moved full time into the Estes Center um, ever since they built it. Basically, but yeah, I, I had the thought in the middle of the interview was like, you know, they could have had this game. In the Spectrum, and I, I was watching part of the game when the stands were full. There was not really any room left in those stands. Everyone came out to that game. And I imagine it was very exciting to to be, you know, it's kind of a small crowd. It's kind of like a high school crowd. They can get loud despite there only being a thousand or so people there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a great atmosphere. They do it right. Uh, they make it a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, wish them all the best coming up this weekend. It's not going to be easy. It doesn't get any easier with BYU and Pitt. Um, so excited to see how they come out of that one. Um, if they interesting can... news there. Like I don't think that's been reported. I haven't heard that anywhere else, how BYU is making some changes with their student section and some protocols there in the venue after what happened this last weekend. That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, I haven't really looked into it, so maybe they've said something somewhere. Um Maybe they just didn't publicly announce it. It's not like they're hiding it, but although apparently they were telling the people who were coming, maybe maybe some teams reached out and were like, "Hey, uh, you gonna do something about this?" Is maybe it they just safe were like, "For us to be here," and they were just like, "Yeah, we're doing this and this and this." And so they probably just were keeping in touch. Um, but yeah, if, if Utah State comes out of this weekend, you know, with a two and one record in this in this tournament, that'd be amazing because it means they beat a top ten team. Um, otherwise, one and two maybe the more likely 
uh, outcome, 0-3 is possible because they're playing three good teams. One of them is, you know, not a top-10 team, so they'll feel like small potatoes. Right. But, you know, a 2-1 record, heaven help us if they go 3-0. and I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> They'd so, probably jump into the top-10 or dang near close. Yeah. Three ranked wins in the span of, like, a week, that'd be insane. But, like like I said, more likely they go 1-2, and two, I hope not 0-3. Oh <laughs> Maybe but two. They could easily go two and one. Yeah, and it's two possible. and one. I think it'd be very good if they went two and one. Not perfect, but really nice. Uh, getting to our full court press text line four three five three three nine zero three two one. What do we think about Bonner? Was he playing injured last week? Feels like he's always playing injured. <laughs> he so, does the Jim Brown always get up slow routine <laughs> after getting plastered by somebody. Um, which so he's always playing hurt. I mean. Injured? I don't know. He There's... is coming back from knee surgery that was done last year, last after the bowl game, and he's been rehabbing his knee all year. Uh, he is still rehabbing his knee on his way to a full recovery. He's healthy enough to play. Is he 100%? No. I mean... In times where he needed to scramble to get yards or get out of uh, pressure, he was able to move, but not with great speed. Well, it's not, like not he... really his style either. Plus, it's not like he was fast before. <laughs> it's like Tom Brady before and after his ACL surgery. It's like, oh, he's slower. Well, yeah, he ran like a 5-2. Um, <laughs> but other than that, uh, Bonner is QB1, Utah State. Yeah. He, he set and tied a lot of records last year. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. As far as passing, I mean, against UConn, he looked plenty sharp, as sharp as he was last year at any point. So, you know. And a couple of those uh, incompletions that were thrown were not on him. Yeah, so we're looking at a guy who completed almost 70% of his passes. Granted, they were a little easier. There were a lot of short ones. But his deep passes were generally on point, too. So I think he's fine. He's not injured in a way that's injuring or that's hindering his performance unless we count running in which he shouldn't ever run anyway except for i mean there was the one time i think the first possession where like everyone was covered and there was like a chasm in his offensive line okay get a few yards drive the equipment truck through there he should be able to get a few yards it's the it's like the times when tom brady scrambles or when peyton manning scrambled or joe montana the guys who could barely move but every now and again you gotta run yeah and he did and he did uh, plus, I think it was uh, uh, the offensive game plan was was designed to be more, a little more conservative. So, don't overreact from one game. Um, they got the win. Now that you're ready for Alabama, I don't think we should overreact to this game either. No. Uh, it may be week three or four before we really know what this team's truly all about. Yeah, we're not going to know what this team's like for a while because they go from playing a team there. Favored by a ton to win a team there, a huge underdog to an FCS team that they'll be favored by a lot against, and then a bye, and then UNLV, who they'll be favored by a pretty decent amount against, depending on how UNLV does. They look good in their first game. So they're not going to face an opponent roughly in their you know, skill level for a while. UNLV will be the closest. And then after that, you know, BYU and we'll see some real tests where it's like there's an actual question 
will they or won't they win? It becomes an actual coin flip game as opposed to these. Uh, we know the result. We knew the results back in you know April. <laughs> yeah, what the schedule was. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be kind of hard to really truly analyze this team for a while. Well, I got a chance to talk to some players to get their analysis of Game One, and uh, one of those who had a great performance for USU on Saturday was the freshman, the true freshman, Robert Briggs, running the football for USU, getting his first game action in an Aggie uniform, and uh, and what he's seeing so far in trying to prepare for an opponent like Alabama. Running back Robert Briggs for Utah State. Those are great initials for a running back. Yes, sir. <laughs> Is that by design? Uh, I think it was. I think I think God made it like that. Yes, sir. There you go. Uh, just your assessment, game one, your first game in an Aggie uniform, first game on campus, pretty good? Yes, sir. It felt pretty good. Team made me feel like I was at home, and they were just telling me just treat it like a normal game and just do what you do best. Uh, watching you play, it seemed like you had some really good uh, field vision and patience and when to hit the hole there. What what are you seeing in, in the, the offensive line and what they were setting up for you? Well, I was just watching how they, like, make an open hole for me and just I just read off their block. And then, like, if I see them cut up, I just go right behind them and I let them lead the way. So I give a lot of thanks to them, a lot of credit. What was that feeling like, first game in a college atmosphere for you? Oh, it felt good. I was, I was a little nervous, but then it got out of me a few plays in. So it, it felt pretty good, though. And it was a big crowd, and I ain't never seen nothing like that before, but it felt pretty good. Um, you're, well, before we get to Alabama, just why, what brought you to Utah State? Why'd you choose the Aggies? Well, I like the offense we run, and then, like, the coaches, they all made me feel like I was at home, and I felt like it was the best place for me, and it was a good atmosphere out here and a good culture. Uh, this is an Alabama team that's got a lot that's you know written about them there's a lot of stuff that's highly ranked for a lot of different reasons but how do you not get caught up in that as a player that just focus on the team without everything else that's surrounding that program and its history well we just treat it like a, a another regular game we can't let it get over our heads and what we're going through so just treat it like a regular game like it's another team what are you kind of seeing the early scouting of, of Alabama and their defense? What are you seeing out of them? Uh, well, it's not too many, not too many blitz and stuff like that. But uh, really, it's just a lot of technique stuff that we can take care of. As uh, we, uh, our defense giving us a good look, so I think the defense for that. Uh, and then just it's an opportunity to go back down south. I mean, you're from Texas, but playing in that kind of weather kind of environment might be something similar to what you experienced in high school. Is that kind of fair assessment? Oh, yeah. I feel like it's going to be pretty good for me since I've already been down there in the South. So I'm not really worrying about the humidity down there. All right. Well, Robert Briggs, best of luck and uh, good luck on Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. That's Robert Briggs. Uh, had a fun time talking to Robert, spending time with him after practice. Um, and uh, it's actually kind of fun to go up there and see like who's getting extra work in. Sometimes guys have to do some things if they were late to practice, have certain things, <laughs> they, some punishments that they have to do. Um, but it's fun just to see some of the guys are, are taking a little extra time. Some guys are eager to get off the field and get their, uh, their jerseys put away and everything like that. But uh, Briggs is, you know, this is a, a true freshman who's trying to make his mark on his new team and, well, he had a great game. Showed great field vision, patience, and it uh, was a great changeup for Utah State when Calvin Tyler needed a breath. So, Eric, you don't need to lie to me. You can just say you want to go up there so you can see Holly shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, you know, I didn't notice Holly this time. Oh, I didn't well, notice him last his, week. He wasn't doing his I shirtless routine. noticed him last week, but I didn't see him last night. So you were disappointed. <laughs> you didn't get to see shirtless Holly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Robert Briggs doing really well. I believe I, I saw somewhere, I didn't look this up for myself, but said that uh, the 85 yards was the most by a true freshman in their debut at Utah State. Um, mm. So pretty good. Yeah, exciting future for him. I, I thought that uh, he he is uh, moving up and should be the number two back. Well, again, how much do we overreact to game one? I don't know. Yeah, Makakona had kind of a rough day. <laughs> yeah, he he got the the treatment of you fumbled it, you don't play again. Um, he had the one carry. He had three carries. So we got two carries after his fumble, but that was towards the end of the game. It'll be interesting because Mike Kone definitely earned that backup role um, yeah. over John Gentry, who we were expecting to be that number two back and kind of maybe do some of the stuff that Robert Briggs, Briggs did, where every now and again he gets a 70-80 yard game as a backup. Um, or maybe if you know Calvin Tyler uh, doesn't get to play as much, maybe a minor injury or something, he steps up and has the good game. We saw, um, I, uh, I just spaced his name, the backup from last year. I can't remember his name. <laughs> uh, the running back? Yeah, the running back. Uh, besides Makakona and Gentry? No, the guy who ended up like the second most yards on the team. Noah? Yeah, Noah. He did that with, with Tyler Lastry. He stepped up. Oh, right. So we were kind of expecting Gentry to be that. Yes. Um, but then Makakona looked like he was stepping up and he was going to be that. The, the backup running back played really well in the two scrimmages. It was probably one of the best running backs in those two scrimmages because Tyler didn't play as much. Um, so it it was interesting, you know, to see to Briggs to see Briggs just come out of nowhere for that because we didn't see a ton of Briggs in the scrimmages. I believe he played, yeah, but he wasn't with like the third or fourth string guys. Yeah, so it was like I didn't expect that kind of play. So now it is really like a real three way competition for that backup spot because Gentry's still kind of in there, and Makakone, you know, if he comes back from. You know, if they give him another chance after fumbling it, obviously he's better than just the guy who fumbles it. So he could entry was out with injury. Yeah, so, so he so he wasn't even able to play. He hasn't had a chance yet to establish himself in game. So it's gonna be really interesting seeing these three guys fight for the running back spot. And if they're all good, then we have a lot less to be worried about in terms of running back depth because that's something we were worried about: is who's the guy after Calvin Tyler. It seems like we've got at least a few options. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Got to take a time out here on the Full Court Press. We do uh, have audio from uh, Gervin Hall Jr. I got a chance to catch up with him uh, after practice as well. Somebody who is very familiar with playing in big venues against big competition. And uh, he's played in these types of games before. So I definitely wanted to get his feel for what that's like and maybe the experience that he's trying to share with his other teammates going to their matchup at Alabama on Saturday. Reminder, we'll have KVNU game day coverage, a full one hour and a half before kickoff, which will be on KVNU and simulcast here on The Fan. And then as soon as the game is over on the SEC Network, uh, we'll be breaking it down with uh, with reports from the scene. Uh, we'll have uh, the uh, Van Leeuwen brothers. They're going to be there at the game. They will join us immediately following uh, Ryan Bohm, former Aggie who has experience playing there and being there as a fan as an observer he'll be on the post game also 
So that'll be a fun uh, broadcast immediately following on KVNU and here on the fan on Saturday uh, Saturday night at that point. But first, uh, Mountain West Motor, Logan's newest truck and SUV dealership, is at 615 North Main, and they've got a great selection of trucks and SUVs on their lots, and all of them have been specially customized for your next adventure. They've got uh, like different uh, kits that have been made available to make sure that they're customized, like traction boards, rooftop tents, racks, and outdoor jacks. So go check it out. See what they have on their lot at 615 North Main in Logan or visit their uh, their inventory online, mwmotor.com. Back to school time is here. You have a lot to do to get the kids ready, which includes new glasses. Crystal Vision can help. For a limited time, save 30% off frames and lenses for your child ages 18 and under. Plus, flex spending is due, so now is the time to get your order in. Send them back to school in style and save 30% off. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision. Gold medal winner Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10 is tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 1130 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 9 p.m. Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson and the dancing Jason Walker here in the studio. A lot of texts coming through today. Love the reaction and the participation. Keep it coming. Uh, earlier, we had a great conversation with Rob Nielsen. If you missed it, we'll make it available on our podcast feed uh, shortly after we get off the air. But um, you know, we've heard from Robert Briggs. We've got Gervin Hall coming up here in just a moment. But a couple texts have come through. Uh, 2603 asking, was UConn better than we expected, or do we play pretty vanilla? A little bit of both. I'd lean, if you're looking as far as why it was 31-20, a lot of that had to do with Utah State playing vanilla. At least their offense 
the defense, um, some of that was not knowing exactly what to expect from UConn. Some of it was just a slow start. Some of it is them probably being a little, a little better than expected. Yeah, I think it would, I'd say yes and yes. Uh, their running back was a strong runner. They had a pretty big defensive line with some experience. Um, and I think Utah State was keeping it pretty vanilla. So yeah, I think so. it's fair to say yes and yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, 5879, John Gentry wasn't in pads for UConn. Is he still injured? I believe... I believe yes. I they, believe he will. He may be available for Saturday. Yeah, it got brought up during the uh, Monday presser, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they brought up a few people throughout injury. The defensive tackle, um, Brock Lane, and Gentry all brought up that they were mostly all those guys were expected to be practicing this week. So, but probably leaning towards none of them playing, if I were to guess. But it is possible that any one of them or all three of them play. Yeah. But I'd lean towards probably not going to play. Also, 5879, I'll be there. I'm assuming to the Alabama game. If you want a fan's perspective, I want you to call in. Yeah. Call into the uh, KVNU Aggie call. It'd be fun to hear from you, 5879. Yeah. It, it's an experience because, you know, there's a lot of people that are going there. And yeah, Utah State's probably going to get their cans kicked. But you're, you do. Go watch a game at Alabama. You get to watch the best college team in the nation, or at least one of them this year, and you get to watch Utah State play at the same time. Like, yeah, sure, if they lose, whatever. But that's a great experience. Rich college football traditions. Yeah, fun. I'd love to hear from a, a fan who's there. So, yeah, please do. Uh, somebody else who's going to be there, Gervin Hall, he'll be on the field. But he's no stranger to being in these kinds of environments, a transfer from Miami, and uh, get his thoughts about Game one for USU now in the books, but also now turning their attention to the rolling tide. Utah State safety Gervin Hall Jr. Uh, transfer to Utah State. Let's start there. Like, why why did you choose to come to USU? Uh, I came here in December. I think right before the a week before the bowl game, and uh, I was around Patrick Joyner and Coach Bonner, and then. Really what caught my eye was the mountains and the snow, so I never seen snow and everything. So what made me made my decision was one, I know I got somebody a coach I can trust, two players I love of being around and people I play with and then shoot the environment. The people love me the people love each other here, so that's all I that's all I care about really. The snow and the, the cold didn't scare you away. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, the first probably first two months I, I wasn't used to it. Like when I first met Coach A, I think when I came on my visit, I had on shorts. And it was already snow outside. It was probably like 20 degrees. And he was like, why you got on shorts? I'm like, hey, coach, I wasn't expecting it to be snowy right now. But, I mean, right now it's been a great experience out here. I mean, I don't, I don't regret my, uh, what I'm trying to say, uh, my decision coming here. I love being here. I mean, I love the players, from the coaches to the fans. So, yeah. Your Describe your relationship with Coach Bonda uh, and what that was like before and how that's if it's changed or how it's grown okay um okay this relationship has grown majorly i mean he knew me since i was in high school um from there when i first got to miami he kind of opened me with uh, welcome arms i mean yeah he gonna be hard on me he's my coach he's supposed to but i mean he's always gonna be he'll be someone you can be he'll he'll love you first before he 
try to like bash you and do anything like that. So that's really why I made my decision. I mean, he, he trusted me, he believes in me. So I don't think nobody want to be around somebody who doesn't believe in them and don't trust them. So that's why I really, I came. Uh, your kind of assessments of how things went, uh, game one, UConn, did they surprise you a little bit, just how their style was or kind of what you expected? I mean, how would you assess kind of how things went for uh, game one, your first game in an Aggie uniform? Uh, my first game in an Aggie uniform, it felt kind of different. I mean, of course it was different. I mean, I wasn't used to the environment or just being around. The the game day, like, rituals here, so, I mean, I say being here and worrying about that, it was just the, yeah, I didn't like how we came out UConn, but we cleaned everything up, and that's what we're doing this week. We're going to finish up whatever we messed up on last week. We're going to clean up this week and get ready for Saturday. So, But it's going to be one day at a time. Everybody got to stay locked in and continue to get work and focus for this week. I mean, it's going to be a big task, So, but it's not something that we can't handle. You've been in experiences in, in venues like this, you know, big venues in the South, big tradition. How does that does that help you coming into this game? Maybe how you can help your teammates prepare for it, or is it just it's just another game? They wear pads just like we do. I mean, what, what's the approach and just your experience being in situations like this before? Right. I mean, yeah, like you said, that that approach is something that we all should go in. They do got to put their shoes, cleats, socks, everything on, just like how we do. So, but I mean, yes, I, I played a lot of ball. I've seen a lot of big teams, played a lot of big teams, but. Like I told these guys, I say it's not about them. It's not about who we, who, who across from you. It's just about us. You're not playing against yourself. You're playing against. I mean, you're not playing against them. You're playing against yourself. You gotta. How how clean can you play? How how fast can you play? How disciplined are you gonna be when 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 the ball is around you? So I told them like, really, we just gotta focus on us and do what we do. Control, we can control. And hopefully, like I said, God will be in our favor this game. And then finally, just what what are you seeing in Alabama and what you're going to face on Saturday? Just their their players and their scheme. Uh, I know some of them, so it's like it's really going to be like a, a home game for me. But I mean, they, I mean, everybody loves Alabama. Of course, they number one team around here. So I mean, just for us, like I said, we got to control. We got to control. We got to worry about us and focus on us. They're a good team. We're a good team too. But at the end of the day, it's not about them. It's about us. So. Well, Gervin Hall, fun having you here on campus. Excited to see you play, and best of luck on Saturday. Thank you. Gervin Hall had a fun time speaking with Gervin. Uh, great uh, addition for Utah State in that secondary. He's a safety, hits hard, uh, an aggressive player, and uh, they'll need him to be opportunistic and uh, make impact plays on Saturday in the Deep South. Yeah, they'll need just about everyone. And, and looking at it, you know, mentioned Gervin Hall being no stranger to playing in big environments. He's actually played Alabama before uh it was on a neutral site I didn't look at the circumstances of the game looks like it was last year yeah but he's played Alabama he's played Florida State uh, he's played Florida too I believe yeah he's played so, in big environments so he knows what it's all about yeah he, he knows how to play the big opponents hasn't had much success against them but he's played them and, and the key difference here is that he has been on the field and played against some of these guys some of these transfers were on the sidelines in these games. So while their team played against some big opponents, they themselves haven't, but Gervin Hall has. Yep. So yeah. he, has, he, was, he was a starter for a long time at Miami. All right, got to take another quick timeout here in the full court press. Uh, your reactions to what the players have said 435 339 0321.
You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Cash Valley, the Utah Wood Stove Changeout Program opens up February 1st. If you want to change out your wood fireplace or stove and replace it with a gas appliance, Advanced Fireplace and Stove can help. Receive up to $3,800 towards your new gas stove or fireplace insert. Idaho has a changeout program too. Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove take the chill out of winter with a new heat and glow insert or Vermont casting stove. Stop by their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Hey, by the way, the fan congratulates this year's Best of Northern Utah Gold and Silver winners presented by Campbell Snacks, home of Pepperidge Farm. Make sure you pick up your own copy of a magazine with all the winners in it. It's a great guide to have on a coffee table in your office, uh, in your dorm room. If you're looking for places to go, people to call on for various businesses and services. Or you can go check it out online, bestofnorthernutah.com. Uh, so that was fun talking to Gervin Hall and Robert Briggs. Aggie's getting ready for a big showdown at Alabama on Saturday uh, 6865 on our full court press text line says, headed to Vegas, going to put $100 on the USU money line. Yeah, and I, right. I don't think that's necessarily the spread because the money line, I think, is plus 1700 for Utah State. So I think I think that's a $1,700 payout. If I, I'm Googling some money line calculators because my, <laughs> my knowledge of betting and how it works is incredibly limited. Yes, mine is very... Limited as well. But uh, best of luck there, 6865. Yeah, best of luck. Sorry for you losing $100, but you might be more wise to put that just on the spread, the 41.5-point spread. You're a lot more likely to win that one. I think Utah State can keep it within that. I, I think that's – I don't want to say it's disrespectful to some degree. I it mean, is it kind disrespectful. Of is. <laughs> it's more of a show of respect for the number one team in the country, but – uh, there should be more respect given to USU. Alabama, like, maybe I should go back and look at all of the G5 games, but they've not necessarily won by 41 points against a lot of the G5 teams they play. They win by 36 on average, almost 37 on average. So, obviously, beating up on these teams, but 41, when Utah State's probably going to be one of the better G5 teams they've faced in the last 27, and I did go look that up, Utah is the last time they've lost to a G5 team. Wow. The next 27 times they've faced them, again, not including, like, FCS teams, they've won all 27 by an average of just under 37 points. So So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) If you're good enough as the University of Utah team that was finished number two, or I think Tulane only lost, like, 20-something to six. Might have been 20 to six. Yeah, I think something like that. They were close-ish. But that was when Utah or Alabama was only the number 14 team in the nation. 
Not when they've been the number one team for like 10 years straight. Uh, don't forget all the audio from our interviews uh, with the players and coaches available on our podcast feed and online, 1069thefan.com, and on the mobile app, 